following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information, visit livingwatersmn.org. Our focus has been on who do we say that he is. And I think it's important to be able to answer that question for ourselves. I think Jesus thought it was important, which is why he asked his disciples, um, you know, who do you say that I am? I think that we can sometimes take what other people are saying and go, yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess that's who he is. Um, but, but it's important that we have something on the inside of us that says this is who Jesus is. And so we've been believing that as we as we kind of examine that in this time, that there would be something that would solidify for us about some of these aspects of who Jesus is. I think that when we decide and make a declaration of who he is, it's really what separates Jesus from every other good man with good teachings because we have a different declaration of who he is. He is the savior. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the one who took me from death into life. However that manifests in you, that's our declaration. The other reason that I think it's important is because we want to connect to who he is, not just to what he does. We want to connect to the reality of who he is because that actually releases faith to see him be who he is and and do what comes out of that. And so um, it's just been an an opportunity for us to really press into and worship who he is as we focus on that. Today, I want to talk about Jesus, the healer. I want to talk about who he is as healer. And I know that um, right away for some people, and even I would say even for me, when we go, okay, we're going to talk about Jesus, the healer, there's sometimes a little twinge in there because we sometimes have some questions about what is true about him in that respect. And so I want to bring, I feel like we've probably had a lot of um, messages on healing that are sort of apostolic messages that are about bringing the reality of healing to earth and, and, and that we know on, on earth as it is in heaven and we've had kind of an apostolic message around healing. But today I want to bring a little bit of a pastoral message about Jesus the healer. And in bringing that message, I want to um, just acknowledge that some people have some discomfort around this topic. And part of it might be because you hear that and you go, well, that wasn't true for me. That wasn't true for me. I didn't see that. Or you have some disappointment. Maybe you're waiting for healing to come into your life in a particular place And so there's this little bit of disappointment and this little bit of wondering going on. Maybe you've had a loss that that we prayed and we believed for healing and we didn't see that healing come. Maybe you have not received healing and very well-meaning people in in your sphere has tried to diagnose why you didn't receive healing. And they've assigned you didn't have enough faith. Or maybe you had sin in your life that wasn't taken care of, and that's why you didn't get healed, and that caused pain for you. When, when somebody tries to explain the mystery of that by placing that on, on you 
and it caused pain. Maybe you've been made to feel less than in this area because you haven't seen it in your life or it hasn't happened when you've prayed for other people. And there's this little bit of disappointment or shame around that. Maybe you have come from a church where healing wasn't for today, that healing is something that happened in biblical times, and maybe even you've come from a church where not only is it not for today, but it's, it's really kind of, we don't even go there because it's not right, it's demonic to, to look for signs and wonders and, and to move in the spirit in that way. Or maybe you come from a church where everything was about healing, and the entire focus was on healing to the degree that everything else was neglected. So, so there's a lot of different areas. Maybe right now you're sitting here and going, no, I think healing's great. And I don't know what you're talking about. That's okay. This is still for you. You know, maybe you're going, I'm absolutely convinced that Jesus is healer. And I've totally seen it in my life. And, and this is for you too, because it's just going to solidify that for you. But I want to just acknowledge that, that there is those places of disappointment sometimes around healing. And that's one of the reasons why I want us to focus not on the act of healing, but on Jesus as the healer. Because there's so much more to who he is as the healer than just this struggle that we have around physical healing. So, but I want to start out with, and I, it's so good, Tom's word this morning was like, this is so good, because this is part of it, part of what I wanted to bring to us today. I wanted us to deal at the beginning with any disappointment that we've had around healing. I wanted us to be okay to acknowledge it in the room. We're not all going to like raise our hands, but to acknowledge that or the questions that we've had or that sometimes then what happens when we don't see it happen is we begin to assign a reason why that is. We create a doctrine. We create a different way of thinking. We create a, a response to that. And so a lot of times it's, oh, I need to pray harder or I need to pray better. And that's, that's our response. If I, if I pray harder, if I pray better, if I make more declarations, if I say the right words, or maybe we say, I just need to have more faith. I don't know how you do that, but we do. We try to find that place. I need to have more faith. And so I'm going to muscle up this faith. And I'm going to do something to prove that I have faith. Or maybe then sometimes we, we bargain with God. <laughs> Please, I, I can't be the only one who's gone to God and said, you would get so much glory out of this, God. God, would you please, I will, I will tell everyone, I will testify, I will, you will get so much glory out of this. But here's what I will not do. We will not build a culture of healing that depends more on what I do than on who he is. So our response as we pursue Jesus as healer, will not be, we have to do something more. <laughs> we need more this. If I had only, if we did it this way, if I hadn't gone to that doctor and just tried, oh my goodness. I will not build a culture in my life 
that depends on me instead of him, right? But that doesn't necessarily answer all of our questions. We still can sometimes come away really broken and devastated when we don't see what we're believing for. And more than that, we can become confused. (laughs) I remember being very confused. I thought this. I heard you say this. We did this. We checked the boxes. (laughs) And it feels confusing because I believe that Jesus is healer. And what I want to do just pastorally before we talk about Jesus as healer, I want us to do exactly what Tom said. Because this is what the Lord showed me this morning. (laughs) He showed me Jesus holding a box. It's Jesus standing in front of me holding a box and asking me, will you put all your questions in this box? Will you give them to me? All of your questions about healing, all of your disappointment, all of your, why didn't you, why didn't this happen? That that we would give them all the prophetic words we've had. All of the people that spoke and says, it's done, it's done, I know it's done. And it didn't, it wasn't done, it didn't happen. We can bring those to him. What tends to happen is we have a disappointment and we don't go to the healer to touch that brokenness in us because we didn't see him come through in that area. We don't know what to do with that. Or for me, I go, I've had this disappointment, but I don't want to speak of it because that'll just make it worse. If the issue is faith, I can't dare say that I have a question about this but we can. He can handle our questions as long as we can handle the mystery. There's a reality that as much as we know that Jesus is healer, there's a mystery in it. And we have to be okay with mystery. We have to be okay with a God that I cannot fully understand or comprehend. How many people would want a God that is completely comprehensible to your human mind. It wouldn't do me a lot of good, probably, to have that God. And so what I want us to do as we start, I think, honestly, I think I'm going to have us all stand. Can we just stand for a minute rather than just singling out those who have questions or whatever? We're all going to stand. And just like the picture that Tom gave us of having to reach for this thing, (laughs) instead, Jesus is saying, I'm standing right in front of you and I'm holding a box. And he's not standing in front of you annoyed. He's not standing in front of you disconnected. He's standing in front of you with compassion. And he's saying, will you give me that? Give me that question. So we're just going to do that for a minute Picture Jesus standing in front of you with the box. And you're just going to put those questions in the box. Whether you want to move your hands or not, I don't think it matters. But if you, you know, if you want to see it in your mind, that's great. If you want to do it with your hands, that's fine. But we're just going to bring that pain to him. 
We're going to bring those questions to him. We're going to stop hiding that. We're going to bring any disappointment that we felt, any fear. We're going to put in the box confusion. We're going to put in the box some of the grief that we felt. We're going to put in the box any shame that we've had. I'm going to put in the box unbelief. And he wants to lovingly take those things. He's not afraid of our questions. Our questions don't make him any less the healer. (laughs) He still is. Where we have felt brokenhearted... We're going to take that brokenheartedness and we're going to bring it to him. And we're going to let him be the healer. We're going to be willing to embrace the mystery of it. We're going to put in the box having to understand. I just surrender my right to have to understand. And I just see him handing us trust instead. (laughs) So we thank you, Jesus, that you are the healer. And we choose to be okay in the mystery with you because we know that we can trust you. We thank you that we can come to you anytime with these questions, with this hurt, with this pain. We thank you that it's an exchange program. That you hand out trust. That you respond with your love with your peace, and with faith as a gift. So Jesus, we thank you for dealing with these things that we've put in the box this morning. And we choose to turn fully towards you as healer today. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I think a lot of the body of Christ can be in a place of disappointment about some things that can get in the way of this area. And um, I think that we do not, hmm, that seeing Jesus as healer and having questions is not mutually exclusive because he's a relational God. But what I want us to be careful of is when we have a particular experience, we begin to frame our theology or our doctrine around that experience. Can't do that. And so we begin to see when when we don't see these certain things, when we don't see healing, we can begin to downgrade healing 
as part of who Jesus is. We kind of go, well, you know, it's like a part of something he did, but really he was mostly just about love, or, which he was, by the way, really about love. But, but we begin to, we put it in a, a lesser place to reconcile it with us, to solve the mystery for us, to, to make it more comfortable, and we make it less central to who Jesus is. We make that aspect of who he is um, smaller, so that we can reconcile it with the experiences that we've had. We do not want to do that. (laughs) We want to step into the fullness of knowing who he is because it is central to who he is. Healing is central to who he is. Healing is central to both what he accomplished at the cross and how he walked out his life. We know that healing is part of the atonement. Atonement is really kind of a fancy word for what what was accomplished at the cross, this reconciling that happened, that yes, provided salvation for us, provided an end to the separation of God, between God and man. But part of the atonement was the restoration of things that got broken and corrupted and messed up when sin came into the world. And part of that is in healing. We see in Isaiah, Isaiah 53, 5. That whole, if you, Isaiah 53, I can't, even, I can't even read that without weeping because it's speaking of Jesus. It's speaking who he is. And, and um, it's just a powerful, there's a powerful revelation in it. I'd encourage you to read Psalm, no, Isaiah 53 this week. But the part that I want us to look at is 53.5 where it talks about, and by his stripes we are healed. So it's talking about he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. And that word healed, do you know how much when I looked at it that I wanted it to say that healing means like this ethereal wholeness that comes into being because that we were healed in our spirits or healed of sin. It doesn't mean that. It means healed, as in a physical healing. The other places, I didn't look at every single place, but I looked at a bunch of places in the Old Testament where it talks about healed, this word in Hebrew, and it's, re- it's referring to physical healing. It's referring to boils going away and leprosy and a woman being healed of a fever. And uh, it also is used for physician, where there's a person who's a physician. That's why we call Jesus the great physician, because he's a healer. He's the healer. And so we can't make it less than, than it is as part of who he is. We see when we look at his life that healing was a major part of his ministry, If you go, yeah, 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 but healing's not all he did, and you decided you're going to take all the stories of healing out of the Gospels, you would not have even one full page. Well, it depends on the size of your Bible. You would not have one full page. That, that, it would be a very short story because the Gospels are full of the reality of Jesus as healer in Acts Luke talks about how God anointed the Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. This is how he's described when when they're referring to Jesus. He was the one who went around healing all who were oppressed. So 
we need to recognize that that is a central part of who Jesus was because it was a central part of, yes, what he did. So what does it show us about him? Not just this is something he did, but that healing is who he is. John 20, let's look at that. John 20, verse 30. So this is John explaining a little bit about why he wrote the book of John. He said, And truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in the book. But these are written that you would believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you would have life in his name. This is John's favorite way to describe the acts of healing. He described them as signs. That it was a sign. Signs point to something. Signs, signs give us a direction. Or they label something. We have a sign that shows where the restroom is. We have a sign by the classroom that says, this is this classroom. And so what he's saying is healing is a sign. It was a sign, yes, that he was God. Sometimes we can relegate it to that. We can say healing was just about the fact that we needed to prove that Jesus really was God. The problem with that, it can't only be that because there are others who healed even before Jesus. There are others who healed and nobody walked around going, oh, this person's God. And so healing can't only be a sign to delineate that he was God, but what it also does is it tells us because Jesus is the exact representation of God, it says, this is what God is like. God is healer. This was huge in a day and age when illness and sickness was actually thought to be the act of God as punishment. That those who were sick were cast out because they must be sick because they did something wrong or their parents did something wrong. And Jesus came and said, no, that's not the character of God. This is the character of God. God is healer. God is restorer. See, to some degree, that came about because they created a doctrine around the mystery of why some people are sick. And then they misrepresented the character of God. But we create our theology about who God is around what we read in the word and what it tells us about his character and what Jesus did as he walked on the earth. We won't make that same mistake. So Jesus, yes, healing was a sign that he was God, but it was a sign of what God is like. The other thing that we see is he came as healer as a demonstration of what happens when his kingdom is there. And this is, this is where we see this, and this is a concept that's been in the church for a long time, 
Matthew 4, 23. I guess you could say it's been in the church since Jesus was here. But it was, it's been acknowledged in the church for a long time. Matthew 4, 23. That he went about preaching the good news of the kingdom and healed every kind of disease. So we see this, this marriage of the announcement of good news and the demonstration of his kingdom. Now, I would say there are lots of ways to demonstrate the kingdom. There are lots of ways to demonstrate Jesus as healer, even, even beyond physical healing. But this is the way that Jesus demonstrated the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is near, and this is how we know. John the Baptist, who went around proclaiming, gave his life, his reputation, <laughs> what he had left of it, for, to proclaim the kingdom of heaven is coming. There's one, I'm preparing the way. I'm preparing the way. The kingdom of heaven is coming. But he had a moment like we had, like we've had before, where he goes, wait a minute, are you really the one? Can you imagine? I've been eating locusts and honey, and I've been an outcast, and I'm, this is really itchy, whatever I'm wearing, and, you know, whatever. And, and he was proclaiming the kingdom of, of heaven is, is near, is coming. It's coming, and then he sees it come, and he goes, wait, for sure, are you the one? And this is what Jesus said when he sent, John sent his disciples to ask Jesus in Luke 7.20. We'll look there. When the, man, when the men had come to him, to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you, saying, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? And that very hour he cured many infirmities, afflictions, and evil spirits, and to many blind he gave sight. And then Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things you've seen and heard, that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have the good news preached to them. So this is what, when John said, are you the one? Jesus said, yes, because these things are happening. I am the healer, and I'm on the scene, and the kingdom of heaven is here. That was the sign to John. And so we need to recognize that, that Jesus, as healer, brings the demonstration of the kingdom. He says, I'm the one. And it brings the reality of, and this is what it looks like when the kingdom is here. This is what it looks like when God is in charge. This is the way of his kingdom, that, that there is healing. Yes, physical healing, but how about even the restoration of those who were outcasts from society because of their illness, being brought back into community? The outcasts were brought back in because I am healer. There was unity that came amongst people. A tax collector and a fisherman who probably didn't like paying taxes very much. And, and you know, all these different, bringing them in together. This, I am healer. I am the restorer of relationship. I'm the restorer of these fractures that have happened in society. Later on, we see this restoration of, of there's been a separation of the Jewish people from everybody else. And he says, no, I am healer. 
I came for the whole world to experience the healing that I want to bring. He is healer in every possible way. And we know when we see healing, physical healing, that he's saying, this does not get the final word. I have the final word. He was telling, he was telling John, tell him the blind see and the deaf hear. Tell him that even death does not have the final word because I am healer and I am here. And we can believe that. Not just because we see what he does, but because we know who he is. He is healer. We see that the prophecies that foretold of, of Jesus coming, because sometimes we can, get, we can get a little spiritual, or a lot spiritual. Spiritual's not bad. Maybe there's a different word I want to use. We can become over-spiritual, and we can say all of that healing, it's him talking about in the age to come when Jesus returns. Yes, there is a very, very full and complete healing that we're going to experience in the new heaven and the new earth. But we also know that he has given us the uh, privilege of preempting that and declaring his kingdom here on earth that we get to point at that, at that complete healing by seeing healing happen in our midst, in relationships, in physical bodies, amongst society, in the brokenness that we see. We get to see healing applied to that because he is healer. So we see that he went out and he uh, preached the good news and healed every kind of disease. And then he sent the 12 out And he said this to them. I don't know what he said. I better find it. Matthew 10. It's something about healing, though. I'm just saying. He said, as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Not it's coming. Not it's afar off. Not someday we're going to reach it. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's here. This is, Jesus was not standing with them. He wasn't saying like, I'm going to walk a little behind you and then say, the kingdom of heaven is at hand because I'm about to come. He was saying, you can preach that the kingdom of heaven is here and then heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Because this is the sign that the kingdom is here. That the healer is on the scene. Then, so there's the twelve. Then he sends out the 70. Okay, well, we'll get to that in a second. So he sends out the 70. This is in Luke 10. And he tells them the same thing. He anoints them. He anointed the 12 to declare that the healer is here. And this is what that looks like when he comes. Uh, okay, Luke 10, 9. So he anoints them and he tells them to go out. And in verse 9, he says, And heal the sick there and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. As you heal the sick, say, The kingdom of God has come near to you. This is what it looks like when the kingdom is near, because I'm the healer. How many of you in your Bibles, 
this, I don't have time for this. But I want to because it's just such a fun factoid. So how many of you in your Bibles does it say 72 that he sent out? Some of you, yep. Was yours 70? 72? Oh, man. What are we going to do? This is what's so cool to me, because I was looking at different translations, and one says 70, one says 72, and I go, well, what is it? I'm banking my whole word on this. Not that it matters that much. But what is so cool to me is the explanation that I found has to do with the fact, so we have, he sent out the 12, and there were 12 tribes of Israel, Then it says he sent out the 70 or the 72. And this is what's cool about that, is that there was a time when the number of nations on the earth was 70. But then later on, in translation or whatever, they go, no, it's 72, or vice versa, one of the two. They thought it was 72, then they said 70. But what is important here is not the exact number. What is important here to me is that Jesus was first sending out the 12 to the 12 tribes of Israel. That those of Israel would be saved, would know the presence of the healer. But then he goes, no, this is for every nation. He sends out to every, the number match, the number of nations. Isn't that cool? Okay, good, thanks. Thanks for obliging. I just love that. That he's saying, I am healer for every nation. There's a significantly larger number of nations now. So he needs more representation. He needs more of us to go and to say he is healer. Thanks, Leslie. So he is healer. And we need to recognize Yes, physical healing is part of it. But physical healing, it's not all of it. It is to point to the fact that he is the restorer of every broken thing. He is the restorer of everything that became corrupted when sin entered the world. He is the healer. When we come into somebody's life and they are healed, it's not just like, oh, great, thanks, now I don't have that illness. No, it is the representation that there is a healer for you, for the thing that is most broken in your life, that there is a Messiah for you that you can come into the, the wholeness, complete wholeness of who God is and what he's created you to be. So it's important that we not get caught up in what we see as it relates to physical healing, but that we stay in this place that we understand he is healer. And we are sent as healers in every possible sphere. We are healers in our family where we can heal brokenness and, and relational by by the power of the healer, because the kingdom is at hand. The kingdom is near. That word near doesn't mean like outside that door somewhere. It means imminently expressed. I'm not even sure why they use near. Near is different for everybody. Have you ever been with someone who's a really close talker? (laughs) Near means something different to them. But in the Bible, near means right here. It means right here with you. 
The healer is near. So we want to see the full representation of the healer. And are you, you could say, oh, so are you saying it's not about physical healing, it's about this larger healing of society? Yes, I'm saying it's about both of those things. I'm saying that seeing Jesus heal in, in the physical reminds us again that he's healer in the, in the larger global sense of restoring us back to the Lord, of restoring every broken thing. When we don't see healing and there's a brokenness in us and a brokenheartedness, come to the healer. Come to the healer. Bring those questions. So one of the questions that people have, oh, it's just, okay. One of the questions people have, does Jesus heal today? That's the question that people have. They go, well, I see that Jesus healed in the Bible. I can believe that. I believe that he healed in the Bible because I, I trust that and I, be, I believe that really happened. And then we can even say, and I believe that when he comes again, there's going to be this healing and restoration of all things. It's this middle part that I'm wrestling with a little bit. But what we know is true of him. This is why I think the Bible says, in Hebrews 13.8, it says, Jesus is the same yesterday and tomorrow. No. It says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And so it's not about, does he do this? It's, is he healer? He was healer. He is healer. He will be healer. This is why it matters that we connect, not just do I believe that he does this thing, but do I believe that he is? Because it tells us yesterday, today, tomorrow. In Revelations, it says, from him who was, who is, who will be. He says, I am healer. So then the next question is, what do we do when my experience doesn't line up with Scripture? What do we do with that? This can be a tender place. But we need to recognize, my experience does not dictate who he is. My experience does not even dictate what I believe. I refuse to take away from him any part of his character, any part of his nature, any part of his godness because of what I experience. I won't do it. Will I have questions? Oh boy, do I have questions. Am I uncomfortable with the mystery? Yes, because I have to stand up here and talk to all of you and I think I should know all the answers. But we're gonna be okay with the mystery together. We're gonna be okay with the reality that Jesus is healer and that he he uh, releases us to operate in that. And, and we're going to stop pretending that there isn't mystery. Because that's a whole other thing we do. Like, oh no, it's simple. It's just this, 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 this. Yes, and there's still mystery. Can we stop pretending that there isn't mystery? And can we bring it to the Lord? Can we put it in the right place? We don't use the mystery to redefine who he is or what scripture says. Amen. 
We use the mystery to draw us closer to him, to trade understanding for trust. Amen? Amen. So today, I just want us to connect not just what, with what he does, but who he is. I want us, I want you even throughout this week to intentionally go to him as healer. What area of brokenness do you need healer in? What area, physical healing, what area, maybe you've been waiting for physical healing. Can we stop trying to work out if he does, how he does, when he does, who he does it for, and we just go, he is healer? I'm going to come to him as healer. Where you have brokenness in, in your industry that God's called you to, can you recognize that he wants to come to that as healer? Where there's a justice issue, where there's anything, can we, can we continually come to him and go, you are healer in this? If you have broken relationships, can we come to him and say, you are healer? Let's stand. Can you say this with me? Jesus, you are healer. Lord, we thank you that what we do when we are responding to healer is we come and we confess what we need, what we want, where we need healing. So God, we ask for courage this week. We ask for faith to come to you as healer to come and to ask. Because we know we're not asking for anything that's outside of your character. (laughs) We're not asking you to do something that you're not sure if you want to do. We're just asking you to come and be who you are. In our bodies, in our marriages, in our families, in our community. Come and be healer. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org.